Key Economic Releases Affecting Fixed Income Yields Insights into Sectors Influencing Fixed Income Securities How AAM Plans to Capitalize on These Themes for Your Fixed Income Portfolio The Portfolio Fix is a podcast series featuring members of AAM's investment and portfolio management team. We will discuss the timely issues affecting the fixed income investments of our insurance clients. Welcome to another episode of the Portfolio Fix, a podcast series from AAM. My name is Patrick McGeever and I'm a member of AAM's investment team. Marco Bravo will provide AAM's latest views on the economy and then Andy Bolin is going to join us to discuss one of the largest constituents in the Bloomberg Barclays Index. Uh, so welcome, Marco. Thanks, Pat. Great to be here. So uh, it's great to have you back. So if I told you on January 1st of this year that short-term rates would rise by 140 basis points, that the entire Treasury curve would um, approach 5% and mortgage rates would be over 8%, I don't think anybody would have guessed that the S&P would be up 8%, the corporate index would be flat, and the City Economic Surprise Index would be in... Uh, strong positive territory, and yet here we are. So um, I think the most interesting topic is, in as it regards to economics, is just the resilience of the economy. Um, what do you what do you make of the resilience? I mean, what do you think is behind it? Sure, and your opening statements uh, definitely. Uh, hold true that no one was really expecting the economy to uh, continue to come in above trend growth and be as resilient as it has been in the face of 525 basis points rate increases by the Fed. And just to put some numbers around that for perspective, back in June, the consensus among economists, as polled by the blue chip financial forecast, had third quarter GDP at negative 0.4%. So let's call it roughly flat. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we we got the initial estimate for third quarter GDP, which was up 4.9%. <laughs> so just a significant miss uh, in terms of the economic community and the forecasters at how resilient the economy has been. And we believe that's largely being driven by personal consumption. Uh, Consumer spending was strong again in the third quarter. And the tight labor market, uh, so unemployment still below 4%, and leftover excess savings from the pandemic, we believe, are the main supporters of consumer spending today. Yeah, it's... It's shocking to me when you look at the initial jobs claims that they just haven't budged at all. Um, I mean, given the move and how much how much more expensive it is for companies to run their business right now, that's what's shocking to me is just the labor market is still so tight. That's right. I mean, there's there's signs on the margin that things are loosening up a little bit. For example, the number of job openings has declined not to any significant degree but mm-hmm. it has it has declined 
the number of uh, people quitting their jobs and, and looking for another job, that number has declined a little bit. Uh, so those are, those are, you know, signs on the margin that things may be loosening up a little bit, but at the end of the day that the labor market remains very tight. Yeah. So what does this mean for rates in the curve? Um, like I said, just about the entire curve now is near 5%. Well, before we can talk about rates in the curve, we have to discuss inflation uh, and really what this resiliency in the economy and tight labor market means for inflation and more importantly, what it means for the Fed's thinking with respect to inflation. Uh, and although inflation you know, you can look at headline numbers and core numbers have come down from their highs. Uh, there are certain categories, especially in, in the core, which excludes food and energy, that remain sticky. And we believe the Fed uh, continues to be concerned with respect to um, the fact that inflation is not declining at a faster pace. And it's likely, again, being driven by wages um, helping to support consumer spending. And so we continue to see strong demand for services, uh, which is really keeping inflation from, from falling to any, any large degree. So with that backdrop, with you know, continued strength in the economy, um, inflation remaining above the Fed's target coming down, but coming down relatively slowly, um, it's not surprising that where you see you know, 10 year yields flirting with 5%. And you can add, you can add to that the um, increase in the fiscal deficit, the 2023 fiscal def deficit estimate is, is 2 trillion. So there's a lot of borrowing that the treasury has to make. And the Fed is no longer uh, buying treasuries like they were. And so there's a, a demand supply imbalance um, adding to the strong economy, high inflation. And so this this recent rise in uh, longer term rates is, is not surprising. What it means going forward is likely that we we continue to see these high rates for a longer period of time. Um, the Fed has two more meetings this year. Uh, we don't think they're going to raise rates this month. Uh, we also don't think they're going to raise rates in December but we would say the risks are skewed to the upside if we see another strong employment report if the uh, next cpi report surprises to the upside then i think the odds of another rate increase by the fed uh, moves higher right now that the futures market is pricing in oh roughly a 30 percent probability that we see one more rate hike before year end Okay. So again, at a at AM again, just to kind of summarize, we think the Fed is likely done, uh, but the risks are skewed um, towards uh, another rate increase should the data continue to show a strong economy and inflation remaining sticky. Okay. And so, is AAM then in the camp of higher for longer? Uh, I know you mentioned one of the reasons for the back end of the curve moving up was deficit related issuance that doesn't seem like it's going to slow down anytime soon 
Yeah, we are we are in the camp of <clears throat> higher for longer. Um, and, you know, the, the future again, the futures market is pricing in the Fed to begin cutting rates in 2024. Um, that's how I would define higher for longer. The Fed keeping rates unchanged, at least through <clears throat> the first uh, nine months of next year. OK, great. That's very helpful, Marco. Informative as always. So thank you. Thank you, Pat. Next up, we're joined by Andy Bolin, a frequent contributor to our podcast. So welcome, Andy. Thanks again for having me, Pat. Of course. Uh, You cover a number of industries for us here at AAM, (laughs) including utilities. Uh, And utilities, a lot of people think it's a sleepy industry, but it's a real critical component of the fixed income marketplace because it's a third largest constituent in the Bloomberg Barclays Index, which is a benchmark many fixed income investors use to uh, evaluate performance. Um, so this sector continues to issue large amounts of debt, Andy, as you well know. So talk to us about the state of the industry and where you see things going. Sure, Pat. Um, yeah, after uh, pretty much a decade of, of being pretty quiet, um, you know, we've we've over the last couple of years really started to see a lot more um, issues and uh, factors impacting the sector, um, namely around the uh, decarbonization efforts and how they're meeting head on with reliability and affordability. And really, those <clears throat> the combination of those three factors are kind of creating a, a pretty unique environment for utilities as they have to meet a lot of somewhat t- sometimes competing demands. Uh, for these companies. Now, we kind of view it as both challenges and opportunities um, because uh, some of that can create some, you know, volatility in the sector, which can be useful at times. So, uh, but really these companies are really kind of for the, at least for the next few years are going to be constantly um, doing the, uh, competing in these battles between these, these compete, somewhat competing efforts. Mm -hmm. And we see that to continue to create some opportunities for us. Okay, so you you talk about competing. You're talking about safety, affordability, uh, reliability, and this whole net zero effort. Are there any other headwinds or issues the sector has faced over the past year or so? Yeah, it's it it's kind of seems like we keep going from one issue to the next. And uh, uh, last year at this time, we were talking about inflation and high natural gas prices and. And, and quite frankly, I think the industry kind of dodged a bullet there with natural gas prices coming down um, because you know, a lot of these issues are easy to address, except when you meet head on with affordability. Mm-hmm. Uh, state regulators don't like to see customer bills up 20, 30, 40 percent. So uh, especially after a decade after they've been um, um, pretty much trending at inflation or below. So so we kind of dodged a bullet there. We thought we we're going to have a kind of a quiet year, but then we had the wildfire issue. Uh, Pacific Corp, which is a division of uh, Berkshire Hathaway, had an adverse ruling back in May. And so what we thought was kind of a uh, uh, an issue focused on California, all of a sudden became a much broader concern across the industry, uh, particularly for utilities exposed to the Mountain West. Um, and so that kind of grabbed our attention over the summer. 
and then with this new um um you know the 10 new interest rate environment where the 10-year was kind of in a range for the last year before breaking out over the last month month and a half uh now that's created a lot of of issues that that we weren't really planning on before too so mm-hmm. we've kind of just lurched from one one um issue to the next and and this is what i mean by kind of creating a little bit of volatility and a little bit of opportunity so okay so you mentioned interest rates and this higher for longer view on interest rates has has taken hold over the past month or so how does this impact the the industry's outlook uh it's had a pretty pretty dramatic impact um as as we talked about they, these companies have had really high capex programs and really high issuance and really they've had to, to expand their balance sheets along with that so not only issuing debt but also equity and what we've seen over the last um again month month and a half uh, pretty much all year but really took another leg down over the last month and a half is that not in addition to higher rates we've had a lot the, the equities have been hit pretty hard too so that kind of took away two uh two important parts of growing the balance sheet and uh which really only left kind of one other option and that's to sell off assets mm. and uh, unfortunately there's a lot of assets on the market right now everybody has has resorted to that at the same time and so we're seeing kind of lackluster uh valuations you know whether it's dominion selling uh their local uh dis- gas distribution companies or there's been some renewable assets on the market and they're getting sold but they're not getting sold as as robust prices as we had hoped for maybe earlier in the year so all of these factors are kind of uh kind of creating a new regime as people as these companies are looking for their capital budgeting plans going forward mm-hmm. um and uh and again it's kind of a new environment for them after you know a decade plus of pretty low interest rates yeah no doubt about it uh it's a good time to be uh an infrastructure fund uh if you've got capital to deploy um, that is very that is very true yep yeah. you know what another thing that that i think some folks may not realize is that the uh, the utility component of the the Bloomberg Barclays index is actually has one of the longest durations in the entire benchmark. I think it's like the third or fourth largest uh, constituent. So the this higher for longer view on interest rates has a real big impact on utilities for sure. Um, that 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 is absolutely correct. Yep. So uh, you mentioned uh, capex uh, spending's been high. Uh, for a few years now, do you see this changing uh, with rates being higher for longer? If that actually happens, and that's that's kind of a big question mark right now in the industry because the demands aren't going away. So it's not like they can just decide to spend less. So um, now, how they, they they can adjust, maybe you know, prioritize different projects over other projects. Um, but the capex is probably going to stay high. And so far, we haven't heard a lot of changes to to capex plans. But this again, this just happened in the third quarter. So, mm-hmm. um, with third quarter results coming up and the EEI conference, which is Edison Electric Institute, is a big annual conference for the industry. Uh, we may get a little bit more color on, on on how plans are changing if if there's any cutback. Um, but right now, it's it's again we kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. 
a lot of competing forces going on right now, and it's not like there's an easy way, uh, an easy lever to pull to meet all these demands. Mm-hmm. So we should get an update here over the next month, month as, as our budgeting plans come out for next year. Okay, look forward to that. Um, let's wrap up here, Andy. Given all the noise over the past year, what's your long-term view on the sector then? Good place to invest, not a good place to invest? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a great question. And and as just as one of the biggest issuers, you almost can't avoid it. And, but what's nice about having all these all these um, all this volatility at the same time they're issuing a lot of debt is you can really be opportunistic. Uh, you don't have to buy everything. We can pick and choose, and it can really create some de- interesting opportunities. So, uh, as you mentioned, it has longest duration in the index. So the the sector has underperformed this year um, on an excess return basis. But we continue to view it as an important part of portfolio construction. And that says it might have not been the defensive nature of the industry might not have shown this year. Uh, but there will be a time in the future, as we've seen plenty of times over the course of our careers, mm-hmm. there will be a time where the defensive uh, nature of this industry will be pretty important and uh, as, act as a buffer. So we still continue to look for opportunities, whether it be events that create some opportunities or whether it's illiquid um operating company debt or smaller issues that type of thing where we can get pickups pretty decent yield uh again kind of setting ourselves up for someday when the defensive nature of this the sector will will be needed in portfolio construction again good good that's that's a great place to wrap up that's terrific information as usual andy thank you uh i appreciate appreciate you having me pat i'm glad to uh offer some insights yep yep Of course, we want to thank you, the listener, for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you have any questions, please reach out to your portfolio manager or our marketing team at aamcompany.com. During our next podcast, I'll be joined by Marco and another member of our investment team to discuss a timely issue affecting the fixed income markets.